What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. As you can see, it's today's hosted by your boy Drake, and I got Dave alongside me because our fan favorite and one of our favorite segments to do, Triple D's is back, a.k.a. Dunks, Dribbles, and Dimes. Today, we're going to discuss how we feel overall about FC's basketball season, then we'll look forward to Purdue and Syracuse, and what else do we need to see from this team moving forward for the rest of the year. But, Dave, let's get it. Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It's the boy, DJ Rogers, up in here, and I'm going by Mr. David Wise. Davey, what's up, beautiful? What's going on? You look kind of dark over there. You're like in a cave or something? Drake, it's a, <clears throat> it's the middle of the night here in New York at 5 p.m. Of course, um, but I'm excited to not talk about football. Yeah, let's talk about a winning sport here. Ah, uh, yeah. Even though I will say that right now, the trajectories of both programs right now kind of look a little bit similar. But folks, before we get into it, thank you all so much for making you know Lock and Symbols your first listen each and every day. As always, today's episode is brought to you by Sonos and Dave. This basketball team. It's starting to make me pull my hair out a little bit because I feel yeah. that heading into the season, we had, I had super high expectations, even though we all kind of knew the team was very young. So there were going to be growing pains. But did you think the growing pains were going to be this severe heading into the Purdue game uh, tomorrow or oh, today as we record this? I mean, yes and no. It's, it's funny because I feel the same way. I assume everyone listening feels the same way. And the reason we feel that way is because we've come to expect excellence out of a program that has been second fiddle at Florida State since its inception. Uh, the athletic department hasn't taken basketball seriously, and the basketball team and Leonard Hamilton has forced everyone to. And we're, we're now expecting like an undefeated season inexplicably when that's completely unrealistic unless you're Gonzaga and play absolutely nobody. But no, I mean, it's it's been frustrating that some of the games have been closer than I thought they would be. We probably could or should be undefeated right now. Um, just the Florida game still lingers, probably more so because we just lost them in football, but I still think we're a better team than them. And this team is going to get better. It's typical of a Leonard Hamilton team where we've had elite players come in and they've had short stints and left for the NBA and we've reloaded. We haven't had to rebuild. We've had to reload. And when you reload, you're relying on freshman talent and that's just going to take time. Yeah, and I mean, that's so we're because we were used to because last year we had Scotty Barnes come in and he was an immediate difference maker. I mean, he was a five star for a reason. And then the year before, you had just a, an, a disgusting roster from, you know, Trent Forrest, who's been there for yep. year in, year out, who had, had the torch, you know, passed down to him by Terrence Mann. Then you have Patrick Williams, who was the one and done and what became a lottery pick out of nowhere. And then Devin yep. Vassell, too, who just like rounded out into like his development wise, he became sort of our go to guy and a prolific scorer. In. It is kind of different feeling that now we're we're watching a team go through growing pains more than you know that we're used to because we typically have a sort of a, a deeper team. But now we're seeing Matthew Cleveland, Cameron Fletcher to an extent, Jalen Warley kind of grow in front of us on the court. And I think that's something that probably Ham is you know having to adjust to because I don't think he even saw the, the learning curve being this steep for him for his squad. Yeah, and look, it's unfortunately I, I don't think we know a lot about this team yet. 
Um, we know that uh, this is what we know so far. The defense is outstanding um, in both Ken Palm and Bart Torvik. They have us as a top 20 defense that that's almost never going to be an issue with a Leonard Hamilton team. We're always going to have length on basically anybody we play the issue as I'm sure anybody that's watched Florida State basketball this year realizes has been we can't the offense. Shoot. We can't shoot, man. We can't shoot, man. <laughs> we really can't. And it's so frustrating. And it seems to be – that seems to be one of the problems every year with Florida State teams. Like, we're so much more athletic than most teams we play that we can get away with slashing to the hoop, getting to the free throw line, you know, just typically from popping some threes when we have that available to us. But this year – my God, you know, I brought up to you our two and three point shooting ranks the other day, and I think it was 80 something and 60 something, respectively. And you mm-hmm. made the comment that, wow, that's way better than I expected. Yeah, I thought it was going to be actually immensely worse because, like, when you said 80, I think it was like, I think from the field, we were 80%, but we were 60% yeah. from three. And I was like, that sounds like it's awfully high if we're being honest here between the two of us. Yeah, from just from watching the games, it sure doesn't look that way. And all things considered, the good news is that. For example, on Bart Torvik, we're still a top 25 ranked team with a top 20 defense and a top 35, I think, offense. And if I think on Ken Palm, we're a little lower ranked in offense. But the fact that it's looked this ugly, we still only have one loss and our offense still hasn't found its rhythm. If we can still get W's while we're finding our identity as a team, especially on offense, that's going to portend well for the rest of the year. I can get behind that, and also the one loss being to a Florida team that I know you say that you know they we probably should have won that game. That's that Florida team actually has some solid transfers. I think they had that they had the Boston College kid who was a defensive player of the year last year for the conference, and also they have Colin Castleton who we knew was going to be kind of a problem this year, but this year he's been a problem because right now they're six and zero. I think they're top twenty in the country right now too, and that's that's a pretty damn good team. And I know people are going to be very very ho hum about the overtime win against Boston University. Boston University, yeah. I had that as like a sneaky difficult game because that's a team that I think that has like super seniors due to COVID, like six year players like all across the board. Yeah. And we are definitely going to be the youngest team probably in the ACC this year. So it's not going to be as clean as we want it to be. But I definitely see Coach Ham as someone that I can get behind where he's going to be able to mold them into a solid team come tournament time. Yeah, Drake, if I were to ask you this question, tell me your answer. Who are the top three scorers on this team so far? Probably Malik Osborne. Matthew yep, Cleveland. One. Number two. And he takes a lot of shots, so I'm going to go Caleb Mills. That's one, two, and three. Yeah, that's that's kind of who you expected going into the year. So that makes me feel better that at least the scorers that we expected to are doing it, and they're all averaging 10 points a game or more. So that's good. I think, I think you should probably see some more efficiency from the three of them even. One of the problems for me is the three-point shooting. Anthony Polite is shooting under 33% from three. He was supposed to be our three-point sharpshooter. We said how important that was going to be to this team to drive to the rim, kick out to an open Anthony Polite. He's got to knock those down. If this team's going to be dangerous, we're living in the area in the era of three-point basketball, both at the professional and collegiate level. And if we're not going to be hitting threes, I think Malik Osborne's leading the team in three-point percentage. That That's great, but that can't work all year. He is. He is. Before we you know, do a deeper dive onto the into you know the players individually, which I think is a good segue for that, let me tell you guys about our friends over at NetSuite. Folks, this is it. It's the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? 
to see the full picture, go over and use. you need to upgrade over to NetSuite by Oracle. Now, over 20,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head on over to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. And let them know the Lockdown Seminoles, your boys over here, Drake, Max, and Dave, sent you over there. And once you're done with that, head on over to Max's favorite app, Prize Picks. Folks, discuss a lot. I acknowledge them now that college football season is coming to a close. We'll be remiss if you can you know, take Anthony Polite over under three points made, maybe under, depending on how the season's going on right now. Malik Osborne over under for rebounds. So head on over to Prize Picks with the app. Use promo code Locked On. It's Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And it's always a good time. We all enjoy it here, and they will match up your first deposit up to $100, up to 100%. That promo code is locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, prize picks, where fantasy is made easy. So, Dave, you brought up a really interesting point where the team is kind of like, the people that we relied on, some of them have kind of stepped up to the plate, Malik Osborne, and there have been other players that we've seen kind of take a regression. Dave, right. could you point out to see what is the crux, I guess, of our problems right now? Is it because we're too young? Is it just, you know, just a different feel? Like, what exactly do you think is the main issue with this team right now? Well, Malik Osborne's playing to the level I expected him to play to. I think he'll even, I think you'll see even more out of him as the year goes on. But look, the starting rotation had some weak points in it. Raekwon Evans is a, what is he, a fifth year player in this system, I think? He's, I believe so. He's, He's an upperclassman, and he's somebody that you should expect better in leadership from him. And I'm not going to knock his leadership. I think he's a great guy to have out on the floor, and I think we're fortunate to have someone like him in our lineup. But he he's the kind of guy that I would expect to be averaging double-digit-ish points per game. Um, he's only averaging three assists per game, and I would expect a lot more assists, again, out of that position on the floor. So I, he's going to be the key to st- – if this team's going – if this team's going to gel, I think it's going to require him to play at a higher level. He's not Trent Forrest. He's, he's, he is who he is. He's a good player. But if this team's going to gel, he's going to need to be dishing the ball or Caleb Mills is going to have to, Caleb Mills is going to have to step it up in the assist game too. One of the two is going to have to be having a lot more assists because I don't like where our assist numbers are at. Um, and it, it's one of those weird things where if you go down the line, you look at the roster, you look at the season stats, the points look good. Like you have three guys into averaging double figures. You have nine, eight, seven, like there's guys scoring points. It just feels like any given game. You're not sure where they're going to come from or any of those, or if any of those guys who are averaging seven and nine are going to put up a dud. And with two of them being starters, Raekwon Evans, and I think he who shall not be named has been out of the starting lineup, thankfully. Right. Uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to find a solid five, that we're going to be able to rely on when it comes to tournament time because this is still a tournament team. Yeah, and I think the problem is just basically, I think it does boil down to poor shooting and whether it be shot selection. I think our bottom three of our starters, which which include Caleb Mills, Raekwon Evans, and Anthony Polite, they all shoot less than 40% from the field, which typically on a team, you want them, or average folks, you kind of want them in the 45 to 50% range. Typically, you hear 50% from the field, 40% from three, and then 90% from the free throw lines. I kind of know the, the barometer that you want for, you know, an above average player, or basically one of your starters. And just to see that kind of stat line, I know Caleb Mills, like, he takes a lot of shots. 
whether yeah, that be you know, the basket. He's a volume shooter, so you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of those misses. But and when you see an Anthony Polite who last year could not miss anything, like he was a sharpshooter. Like to me, he reminds me a lot of Duncan Robinson in the NBA right now. You put him anywhere when he's on fire, he cannot miss at all. But this year, it just seems nothing is falling, and it's either. It's whether it's too hard or it's too soft. I saw an air ball shot the other day. And I'm like, this is not right. the same. This is not the same Tony Polite we saw last year that we were all excited to come back. And for me, moving forward, I need to see them more be smarter with their shots and also maybe just you know, slow down just maybe it's a little bit. Yeah, one of the biggest things I think we've complained about, and there's you're having a nitpick to find issues with things that Leonard Hamilton's basketball teams do. One of the things we've complained about is that we go through these droughts. It almost doesn't seem to matter who the roster is, who the five are, at, or are out on the floor. We just have these inexplicable droughts caused mostly by, you'll see us go down the floor, one guy, they'll just pass it around a little bit, one guy will decide, ah, screw it, I'll ISO and just take a long two-point jumper. It doesn't make sense. It's often not a good shot. And we seem to get in these like two, three-minute stretches where we do that 80% of our times down the court or we'll just force up a contested floater and don't draw a foul. Like you said, really questionable shot selection at times. And it's not just at times, it's four times, four periods of time. And that causes other teams to go on runs. And that's been a problem for the last five years. So Dave, who do you think is right now a top five for minutes right now for the team? Well, it can't not be Osborne, Cleveland, and Mills. Um, beyond that, I would guess Evans has to be in there and probably Anthony Polite at this point. Is that right? Yep. So number one is Anthony Pelé with 27, followed by Malik Osborne, Khalid, Khalid, Caleb Mills, Matthew Cleveland, and Rick Juan Evans. Number six is someone who I kind of want to see a little more playing time from. And that's Cameron Fletcher. Yeah. I love every aspect of that kid's game where he's super aggressive. So to me, primarily, I need to see more minutes actually from him because I think he's shooting around 48%. You know, actually, I think he's shooting better than that. Give me one second. Yeah. He's shooting 58% from the field. He's also shooting yeah. 60% from the free throw line, which is not great, but you know he's also shooting 42% from three. So that's someone that you do by that baseline. He's actually performing much, much better than you know your stars in Polite and Raekwon Evans. So why don't we see more of him move forward? And that's kind of what I want to see with um with Coach Ham. Yeah, people may forget he's a Kentucky transfer, and he's absolutely a Kentucky quality player. Uh, he had his issues there, and there was a mutual parting of ways. But we have a Kentucky quality player and look i'm not going to sit here and say kentucky is better than florida state or florida state's better than kentucky at this point i'm not sure florida state isn't better than kentucky especially over the last half decade but we need those kind of quality players and i absolutely want to see him get more minutes and what's interesting when about you asking who has the most starting minutes is or the most minutes is that's a really short lineup i'm not short but that's a centerless lineup and i said before the season one thing that's going to be important to figure out is who the hell is the starting center for this team? Like you can play small ball against a lot of teams and against a lot of the teams we've played, it's made sense where we've been able to get away with it, but against better or bigger teams, we're going to need that five. And is it Tanner Engum? Is it Naheem McLeod? Is it John Butler? Again, I still don't think we have the answer to that. And I suspect we'll get to this shortly, but two out of those three are about to not be available for us in one of our biggest games of the season. Damn, Dave, you're getting so, so good with these lead-ins, so good with these transitions, because, folks, he is right. We will discuss, actually, the Purdue and the Syracuse game, because the news has already hit Twitter that, you know, certain players will be out for the game, but 
Before we get there, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about our friends over at Boost Mobile. Y'all, you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone when you switch. So you can get the latest episodes all on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save with Boost Mobile. Folks, there's a disclaimer real quick. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions may apply. Offers, coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and network. Go over to BoostMobile.com for the full details and make the switch today. And once you're done on BoostMobile.com, head on over to BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your latest sports action. We're going to do a really quick, you know, BetOnline.ag line of the day with our boy Dave over here. Dave, I'm going to give you a conference game odds. I'm going to give you one for Friday. Friday Night Lights. It is UTSA versus Western Kentucky. UTSA is a plus one and a half point underdog against Western Kentucky. Who are you taking in this game? Drake, I have two words for you here. I don't need to know anything more. I got my pick. Two words. Meet me. Meet me. Meet me. Maybe, baby. Maybe. So, folks, do you know what that means? You take UTSA plus one and a half, or if you want to go with the fade, Dave, take Western Kentucky minus one and a half, because trust me, I think that's where Danny's leaning. And after that statement from Dave just now, I might be leaning that as well. So, head on over to betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to run all the latest sports action. Now, we're going to wrap up today's show. Folks, thank you so much for sticking around with us today. As you know, we, as you can see, I've had a little technical difficulties around here but we are here we're adjusting dave is out in his car right now in the freezing winter the tundra that is new york so dave we have games week we have two yeah we have purdue for the big 10 challenge today as you know you're listening to this and then we start conference play with syracuse on saturday so with purdue you alluded to the missing player the missing i guess starting lineup for several players can you tell the audience you know who is that we're missing and what's the what's the lasting effects of missing them out yeah, so Raekwon Evans is going to be out for this game, uh, dealing with the death in the family. Um, Tanner Engom is also going to be out, as is Naheem McLeod. So we are going to be without two of our three uh, basically available seven-footers. Uh, John Butler is going to be the skinniest big man ever to play against number two-ranked team, uh, statistically. Just kidding. But, yeah, that's, that's going to be tough for us, man. Um, we're going up against the number two offense and number two overall team in the country. Um, it's a 36th ranked defense, so there's going to be opportunities to score against them. But that's a team that can score, and they do it at a slow tempo. And that's those teams that drive me nuts. It's like those Michigan teams we always seem to go up to go up against in the tournament. Same with Virginia, too. I, yeah, man, I hate these slow tempo teams. It really irritates me. And they run slow, but they score. And that's going to be an issue missing a guy from our starting lineup and two of our three big men. Um, and in a, uh, in a kind of role reversal, we play a team in Syracuse on Saturday or over the weekend that has a top 25 offense, but does it at a faster tempo than we play at. Florida State has, in my view, played an uncharacteristically slow 145th ranked tempo. I expect us to run a lot quicker than that. Uh, I, I think you'll see that climb pretty steeply as the season goes on. But we're going to face a really talented Purdue team that's going to slow the game down. And then we'll turn right around and play a Syracuse team that I genuinely think we should just beat up and down the floor. But that can score, even though they have a really bad off defense. 
Yeah, and the issue with, like, folks, I'm fully going to this Purdue game, quite frankly. I had this circle as one of our earlier losses of the year, and to me, that's not a bad loss. Purdue, I kind of had as a elite, a potential Elite Eight, maybe a Final Four team. They're led by, yeah. I want to say, senior center Trevion Williams. And, like, first, this is probably Matt Painter's, Matt Painter's the head coach, actually, at Purdue, where probably one of the best teams there. And they are coming back with Jay Nivey and Zach Eddy, who are sophomore players, so they already have a year under their belts in Purdue. Like Dave said, like that's a physical team. That's a slower paced team, and that's they play old school Big Ten basketball, and that has all the makings of something that we're we're going to struggle with, especially because our team is that young, and that only has been with the team for so very long. And then with Syracuse, Syracuse is like I know this is where I guess name syndrome com- kind of comes into play yeah, a lot more, definitely, because you know Jim Beheim is still the head coach there. I know Buddy Beheim is still there as well. You know Coach Beheim's son. To me, the Syracuse team is not that very good. Quite right. frankly, they if it wasn't for, I want to say, Boston College, they probably would be the seller dweller, actually, of the ACC. So, in my personal opinion, we should probably take, you know, one-on-one, hopefully kickoff conference play, and then we have a full week off until the next Sunday, which I think is the, I want to say is the 11th, I think is the next, the next game actually after that on the schedule against a, a D2 team. So, hopefully, we actually we can leave these two games, you know, taking one for one. Yeah, I don't think this is a week that you can leave 0-2. I think that'd be really, that would set back the momentum of both the team and I think the fan base. Not that the fan base's feelings really matter. It matters how the team's playing. But ending this week with three losses would be tough for me to swallow uh, for a team as talented as Florida State against, again, like you said, really talented Purdue team, a team we probably at this point in the year, I think we're catching them at the wrong time. I would say likely to lose to. They're they're a they're one of the most well-rounded basketball teams in the country. Uh, that's going to be a tough game to win, much less without three of your players. Even with our full complement mm-hmm. of, of our lineup, that'd be a tough game to win. Um, we're going to have to outscore them. That's that's the only way we win that game. So the, those poor shot selections, those droughts, those can't happen. Uh, we're going to have to outshoot Purdue, and if we do lose that game. I, I don't see how we lose to, like you said, a total name syndrome Syracuse basketball team. They're not, this isn't the Syracuse of your mom and dad's days or your childhood days. It's not a, just, it's just a bad Syracuse team. And our roster is better. We, we need to leave this week, like you said, with a week off with a little bit of momentum. We got to get these young guys feeling good. Momentum is such a real thing in basketball. When you get on a hot streak and you're shooting well, it matters. And that's the kind of game where we need to get some of these kids going. Yeah, I mean, in the words of, you know, Amin Al-Hassan, you know, citing Rick Pitino, Carmelo Anthony and walking through that door. Jerry McNamara <laughs> and walking through that door. Michael Carter-Williams, Dion Waiters, oh, Elijah yeah. Hughes, none of them are walking through that door. And the Syracuse team, it's pretty damn bad. I mean, I we have over on Locked on ACC where one of the hosts, Tyler Rocky, he, looks all, he, he, he hosts Locked on Syracuse where they, like, typically they look for football to carry them over to basketball season to be that good enough. Right now, they're kind of hoping that it was football season all over again. Now, before we kind of go, Dave, I kind of want to ask you, what do you then do you expect from which big man do you think you need to see take that next step up to kind of like solidify that, to anchor that center spot? Could it be a John Butler? Could it be a Manahima Cloud? That's kind of where my money is at right now. Or could you see just a random, you know, Tenor Engum actually take that step, even though we, you know, we lamented him, you know, for the past few years? I, I'm not going to say anything bad about anybody. I just don't think Tanner Ingham is that guy. I don't know that he's not capable of it. I just don't know that he's an FSU starting quality center. 
especially against better teams that's going to be able to stand his ground out there, if, especially win us games. But Butler's really exciting, man. He has a little bit of a Balsha Kopravica look to him where he looks like, again, he's young and he's going to take time to develop and he's really, really skinny. Like, I think within the last year, I've weighed more than him and I'm five foot eight and a half on a good day. And if I say the half, you know, I mean, I'm short. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he he needs to gain some weight, but I really like his game. I think I think he could develop an offensive game that from the five spot is going to be challenging for a lot of other teams to compensate or yeah, to compensate for. Um, Naheem McLeod, like he, he's a bigger guy and he's he's got tools, but I'm not going to bullshit you. I have no idea. And I said that before the year. None of us have any idea. We don't even know if any of the three of them are going to be able to develop into what we need from the five spot. And if not, you're going to see a small lineup all year. And we may be able to get away with that. I don't know. It's it. There's so many things about this team that we don't know. And in a weird way, it's like mysteriously exciting. So I'm okay with it. I can get behind that. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun year, folks, because you do see the ACC is kind of like on an upturn right now. The UNC actually is playing a little bit better. Duke has probably one of the best players I've ever seen in Paolo Banchero right now, the big man who absolutely schooled Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga uh, on Friday night. So I am actually very excited to cover that game too as well. And folks, we're just happy to have Triple D's back, a.k.a. Dunks, Dribbles, and Dimes. It's something that you know Dave and I started with the podcast last year with Knowles Anonymous. Now we're bringing back this this year. We're gonna be, it's going to be a weekly basketball pod center podcast where we discuss the team as a whole. And folks, th- as always, thank you all so much for the love and support. Now please, if you can, don't forget to rate review, like, share, or subscribe in our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. And also, we're on YouTube now. You can see me and all my beautiful bearded glory. I'm shaving this soon, by the way, folks. I know. Trust me, I got it for my yeah. mom and my parents and my friends. And all of you want to see Dave's, you know, beautiful face, even though he's looks like he's kind of in a, he's in a cave somewhere, <laughs> just, you know, deep, deep down underground. Head on over to the YouTube page. Hit the like button on this video. Hit the subscribe banner at the top. And also, ding the little bell so you'll know whenever new content drops because we do have our bowl spectacular coming up, you know, very, very soon where Dave, Max, and myself pick the games. And as I'm the only one that watches every single game, you can watch how Dave and Max pick their games and pick their winners solely based on mascots, uniform colors. So, folks, for myself, Drake, that was Dave. We'll see you all next time on Lockdown Sentinels. Got those bags, big money.